0: Hola, hallo, bonjour, ciao, sveiki. All of these are different ways of saying hello. And all of these languages are spoken at Arcos, a European university alliance that brings together seven universities spread across Europe. Bergen, Granada, Graz, Leipzig, Lyon, Padua, and Vilnius. Together are Arcos. This is the Arcos podcast. This is... ARKUS Knowledge Pills, hosted by Gerhild Lelyak and Pietro Osti.
1: Hello and welcome to the first episode of our Arcus podcast. Uh, my name is Gerhild Lelyak. I'm press officer at the University of Graz, where this uh, recording is taking place. And uh, right now I'm virtually connected to my co-host Pietro Osti from the communication office of the University of Padua. Ciao, Pietro.
2: Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. It's a new project, so we are thrilled to start saying something uh, interesting, hopefully, for you. And uh, we're very excited to make these connections in this let's say, strange dynamics.
1: That's right. Uh, The Arcus podcast, as you mentioned, is a brand new format, and uh, we want to talk about topics and questions related to the scientific output of the seven Arcus partner universities, as well as about studies, teaching, and educational matters. But we would also like to address societal issues and current challenges the world is facing. And these days, the entire world is actually waiting for a vaccine against the coronavirus. So scientists around the world are focusing on paving the way for a means to provide a swift and large-scale immunization. With me right now is Professor Andreas Kungl from the Institute of Pharmaceutical Sciences of the University of Graz. Thank you very much for being with us.
3: Good morning. Nice to be here.
1: (laughs) You are also currently working on a research project named Stop COVID-19. Can you tell us a little bit about this project and the approach you're taking?
3: Well, to be not too scientific, we basically want to prevent virus entry into human lung cells by using a second entry point. So the virus is using certainly one protein molecule, which is a large molecule on human cells, which the virus docks to and then enters the cell. And uh, we have discovered, not only us, but some other people as well, of course, discovered that he uses the virus. He uses a second entry point, which is basically a sugar molecule, a large sugar molecule, and that this sugar molecule tried try to attack with our approach, with our therapeutics, and try to prevent virus from entering. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, uh, professor, how would you assess the changes of developing a vaccination against the coronavirus in the upcoming 18 months?
3: Uh, if I understood you right, sorry, this you mean the vaccinations? Because the, yes. the, we are not developing vaccines. We're, of course, following it closely up. Uh, one of my former partners is working in Oxford on the AstraZeneca uh, vaccine, which was invented by Oxford University. And uh, many people are hoping that uh, at least this particular one from Oxford University, which is developed by AstraZeneca, will be potentially ready by end of this year. This is the earliest uh, option which they have but uh, recently, I think two days ago uh, WHO was a bit skeptical that any current vaccine under development is actually protecting everybody at every stage of uh, the disease and we now have an idea of why this is the case because the virus has developed a very strange um, escape mechanism of, of different organs in the body and he produces, depending upon the organ way it develops a different, slightly different surface. And uh, not every vaccine will then well, neutralize every virus. And this is a big problem currently. So if you ask me when there will be a really neutralizing vaccine where you vaccinate the people once in a while and they're kind of immune for the next three years, nobody can give you an answer to that. It's a tricky one.
1: Um, So going back maybe uh, to your special research project, so your research project is about preventing the virus from entering the human cells. Uh, The approach you take is a little bit of an unusual one because uh, you combine it with the research you already did before on sugar molecules, right? Maybe you can give us a little bit more insight what that is actually about because I think it's also something to do with tumors, how it can prevent tumors from growing, right?
3: Indeed, uh, the, uh, the, the approach we are taking is adaptable to viral entry because every cell in the body, in the human body, and also in other animals, of course, as well, uh, cells communicate with each other uh, by using certain communication proteins in the serum, in the blood, and they are directed towards a certain tissue by these glycans, by these sugar molecules. Uh, so also metastatic cancer cells, have the same invasion mechanism basically dock to these glycan structures to other structures as well but the glycan structures are the common denominator and then they invade cells Um, so tumor cells to kind of make metastasis grow anywhere in the body it was a quite similar mechanism than viruses do Uh, also microbes do so it's a kind of common denominator which we're following up and currently we think it's most urgent to apply it to virus.
1: Okay.
2: okay, professor, of course coronavirus is something that affects all the world and in, in different ways. And we want to ask you what are your feelings as a scientist and also as a, a human being, as a man? Uh, because my thoughts that it's that on one side it's interesting to start something new to have this uh, let's say a challenge to have do something important to all the humanity and on the other side of course it's a very very crazy situation and a difficult one what are your feelings about this
3: well, well personally I'm, I'm challenged as you indicated already because this virus is a fascinating virus. Uh, um, um, thing It's difficult to, to, to name it somehow because it has a, such a small genetic repertoire compared to human cell and it's very, very efficient in kind of uh, yeah, causing lots of havoc in the whole world. Um, we didn't know very much about it in March or when it all started in November last year. So we learned a lot and uh, as you read the last numbers, so also the lethality rate, the death rate is thank God, not as high as we expected. Uh, And uh, we have many more people apparently infected, uh, which we didn't recognize before. So, because many people are without any symptoms or with with, um, not very strong symptoms. So uh, my feeling is that, that my personal feeling is that it's a big challenge for science and for medicine, and it's a much bigger challenge for uh, society. Uh, And not only economically, Uh, and I mean, you're from, from Italy, Uh, all the social problems what we what we really facing now is not only from the elderly people which were dying especially in northern Italy uh, alone by themselves without any caring by the family partners which was a tragedy but also people now losing their jobs and losing connection to the world basically and uh, as lots of psychotherapy will be uh, required in the future so personally my my Scientifically, I'm not very worried. Scientifically, I think we can cope with it. It's a, it's a pandemic, and I think it's a challenge, but it's, it's, it's doable. Society and uh, and all the personal uh, consequences that we're facing, these are really dramatic, and uh, I don't know which uh, which triggers we have to pull there. I'm not uh, responsible for that. Uh, I'd like to kind of help in a way, but nobody has the tools yet.
1: Well, speaking of help, um, research definitely does help to cope at least with the threat of the virus and this research project you have is also special in another way because it is accompanied by a fundraising initiative. Um, Why is that actually?
3: Well, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was faced with this fundraising opportunity by university several months ago and it was quite interesting because it's the first time, to my knowledge at least, that our university tries to raise Money for a scientific technological project, um, which is usually requires a lot of rather large sums. So I'm a drug developer since well quite some long time, but um, and the drug development takes time and money. And uh, when we started to discuss this, and it's basically a charity project, uh, which is very unusual in drug development in Austria. It's much more common in the United States and in England, uh, where people spend for charity, because they spend, they feel, as I said before, they have a social empathy uh, for, uh, for ill people, so they try to spend money uh, and not only in return of money, which is an investment, so they really do for charity. So it's the first time we're doing this in, at university. I'm very kind of proud, but also very cautious how it will develop, because we want to do that. We need the money for it. And since there's no kind of common route, how it's going to be explored, uh, we haven't got enough money yet on the account. So um, I've got a good and a bad feeling. uh, But uh, we'll we'll see, we're very hopeful. There's uh, also some private initiatives for private investors um, who might jump on board. Um, But uh, yeah, also also this is very new to us, but uh, we try to grow into it.
1: Yeah, times like these um, require unusual methods. So, um, just to give for the sake of completeness the address where you can make a donation, that's fundraisinguni 80 under the menu item Stop COVID-19 for all who are interested. <laughs> Dieter, is there anything more you would like to add or ask?
2: I think it's a very interesting approach. Uh, this uh, mix of maybe uh, private donations and public, and from the university and so on. So I see the professors are, have a good approach in start finding something new in new ways. I think it's what scientists have to do, and of course I do agree with the. It's a big challenge for us. Thank you, thank you very much for your time and explaining us a little bit more about the research
1: also from my side thank you very much
0: for being here
3: highly welcome good luck with your podcast <laughs> sounds <laughs> very interesting thanks a lot
0: thank you good luck to you too have you taken your knowledge pill of the day be aware that possible side effects include broader perspectives deeper insights and an increase in your personal state of knowledge this is course knowledge pills to learn more about the alliance and its activities please visit arcos-alliance.eu